0: Welcome to Crossview Radio, podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Last podcast, we talked a little bit about Aristotle's four causes as it relates to counseling issues, and I did that podcast because of a misunderstanding that sometimes occurs as I discuss various counseling issues. The majority of modern psychology is based on a false premise, namely the false premise of materialism. That is to say, we believe that all that exists in the universe is matter in motion, and because of that, we have a tendency to source depression, anxiety, anger, PTSD, bitterness, addiction, etc. in biological disorders. Just find the right pill and you can... Fix the problem. We just got to change the way the atoms are bouncing around. Some moderns are starting to see this problem uh, with this view and trying to implement more holistic approaches to our physical and mental disorders. Now, whether or not these holistic approaches are all correct, I think the fundamental point remains, and that is we are more than just atoms bouncing around in a bag of meat. Thus, Christians look at these issues and they say that at the bottom of it all, it is the issue of sin. There is more to this world than just the physical. The universe isn't just stuff. There's more than that. There are spiritual realities at play here that must be considered if we're to have any hope of a cure. However, some Christians, when they hear me explain this, think that I'm saying that physical realities have no role at all. And to that, I did the last podcast to discuss how Aristotle's four causes relate to counseling issues. If you've not listened to that, I would encourage you to do so, probably as a bit of a prerequisite to this podcast today. But now, I want to explore how this plays out in several different counseling issues. I would like to uh, hit on issues like depression, anxiety, so on and so forth. But before that, I wanted to discuss today a little bit of the modern crisis going on in the world of psychology, specifically an issue that will tend to result in a lot of uh, problems and misdiagnosis. Uh, I want to draw your attention to a a great little resource— that I'm reading through, and that is a little book entitled Saving Normal by Alan Francis. He's not a believer to my knowledge. He was the chair for the DSM-IV, and he wrote this book, Saving Normal, because he believes that the current version of the DSM, that is the dsm 5 is prob- problematic in a number of areas, chief of which he terms diagnostic inflation. Now, I bring up this book because I think it has the effect of Paul's preaching in Acts 17, where he says... As even some of your own poets have said, in other words, it isn't just the wacky and unhinged Christians sounding the warning alarm on modern psychology. It's those who are deeply ingrained and embedded in the system who see serious errors. These critiques are coming from within. His complaint is that in recent years, diagnostic criteria has expanded at an unprecedented rate so that everybody, even quote-unquote normal people, can be said to have some sort of mental illness. Nobody is normal anymore. Regarding depression, in his book, Alan Francis writes, DSM definitions do not include personal and contextual factors, such as whether the depressive symptoms are an understandable response to a loss, a terrible life situation, psychological conflict, or personality factors. In other words, in years past, the label of depression was reserved only for people who were sad without good cause. Today, Normal and expected sadness is frequently categorized as depression. Do we really want to say that a parent who loses a child, for example, has a mental illness? Or should we acknowledge that this is normal for a parent to grieve such a serious loss? Is it appropriate to medicate a man who loses his job? Or should we teach him about how to properly handle the losses that happen in this life? Now the problem with this diagnostic inflation, to use uh, Alan Francis's terms, should be evident. Suddenly, we live in a world where more and more people who are normal are categorized as abnormal and mentally ill. Alan Francis attributes this in part to the pharmaceutical industry, who's getting rich at an unprecedented rate by the ever expanding categories in the DSM and uh, continuing to prescribe more and more and more pills. Several authors have noted an issue here and a phenomenon that takes place, which they have termed as a looping effect. Alan Francis uh, refers to this looping effect. He calls it a self-fulfilling prophecy. He says labels can also create self-fulfilling prophecies. If you are told you are sick, you feel and act sick, and others treat you as if you are sick. The authors of another book I've mentioned on the podcast before, again, Unbelievers, uh, but people who are um, uh, embedded in the system, The Codling of the American Mind, those authors say this. Applying labels to people can create what is called a looping effect. It can change the behavior of the person being labeled and become a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is part of why labeling is such a powerful cognitive distortion. If depression comes part of your identity, then over time you'll develop corresponding schemas about yourself and your prospects. I'm no good and my future is hopeless. These schemas will make it harder for you to marshal the energy and focus to take on challenges that, if you were to master them, would weaken the grip of depression. Likewise, the late psychologist or psychiatrist, rather, Dr. Thomas Saws, uh, observes that not only do you create a self-fulfilling prophecy by labeling people and classifying people, but in so doing, you gain control over them. One author comments on this and says, Thomas Saz, a maverick psychiatrist, has described this process in the determination of psychiatric disorders. Saz shows how classifying people changes them into the image that accords with the classifier's assumptions or his desires. In that way, classification is like a lever. It gives one a purchase on whatever... It is one wants to move. To classify people psychiatrically, Saz believes is to establish control over them. Note the specific language that he says there. To classify people with a certain mental disorder is like a lever. It gives you the ability to move people in a direction that you want to move them. In addition to this, professor of psychology, Dr. Nick Haslam, wrote an article in Psychological Inquiry in 2006 entitled Concept Creep, Psychology's Expanding Concepts of Harm and Pathology. His idea of concept creep is very similar to Francis's concept of diagnostic inflation. Concept creep is the ever-expanding list of mental illnesses. He writes in that article the following, A possible adverse looping effect of concept creep is therefore a tendency for more and more people to see themselves as victims who are defined by their suffering, vulnerability, and innocence and who have diminished agency to overcome their plight. Now, what all of these statements have in common is that by giving a person a psychological label uh, is to, um, to to a certain extent, it is to control their future. If someone believes they are depressed, they are more likely to act depressed. Add this to the fact that there is absolutely no biological test available to diagnose someone in this way. Note what Alan Francis says on this. He says, quote, the absence of biological tests is a huge disadvantage for psychiatry. It means that all of our diagnoses are now based on subjective judgments that are inherently fallible and prey to capricious change, end quote. I cannot overstate the significance of that one little statement and the reality that it represents. Uh, in other words, the diagnosis of mental illness is still, even in 2023, a very subjective event. Now, when you put all of this together, it's a recipe for disaster. You have an entire generation now who has, for the most part, left this work to the quote-unquote professionals There are no tests available, so you're making a subjective diagnosis that will vary from professional to professional. More and more people will meet this subjective criteria, so more and more people will be diagnosed as mentally ill and in need of medication or counseling. Uh, Add to this that those people will now define themselves by their labels and begin to act in accordance with those labels, creating the self-fulfilling prophecy. We are in a generation that currently is spiraling out of control. A couple years ago, I did a sermon series on anxiety. And I opened up the series with this illustration from a New York Times article. Quote, this past winter, Sarah Fader, a 37-year-old social media consultant in Brooklyn who has generalized anxiety disorder, texted a friend in Oregon about an impending visit, and when a quick response failed to materialize, she posted on Twitter to her 16,000-plus followers, I don't hear from my friend for a day. My thought, they don't want to be my friend anymore, she wrote, appending the hashtag, this is what anxiety feels like. Thousands of people were soon offering up their own examples under the hashtag. Some were retweeted more than 1,000 times. You might say Miss Fader struck a nerve. If you're a human being living in 2017 and you're not anxious, she said on the telephone, there's something wrong with you, end quote. Now, thankfully, not everybody thinks this way, but you see what she's thinking? You see what she's saying here? She is saying and thinking that to have anxiety is to be normal. I say, you're nuts. The Bible deals with these issues differently. The Bible deals with this by helping us to remove the wrong labels and properly adhere the correct ones. The AA-style counseling misses the point by a mile, and of course, you're familiar with it. Hello, my name is Bob, and I'm an alcoholic. Instead, the Christian recognizes that we are not identified and labeled by our sin, but by Christ, Romans 6, 11. So, you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You must consider yourself dead to sin. And that, of course, is the key. Instead of defining ourselves by an addiction or a diagnosis, we are to define ourselves by who we are in Christ. In other words, we are Christians. And in my estimation— That goes a long way towards saving normal. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.